Hey everyone, and welcome to the 68th episode of the Liam McCollum Show. Today's podcast is with Maj Touré, and man, I was really excited to land this one. I've been following Maj since he first announced that he was running as a libertarian in the 2019 Philadelphia City Council race. And before I hop into the interview with him, I just wanted to read some information about him because I only had a limited amount of time with him and we didn't really go into his background. So Maj Touré is a native of North Philadelphia. He founded the educational nonprofit organization Black Guns Matter in 2000. 2016, Black Guns Matter educates people in urban communities in all 50 states on their Second Amendment rights and responsibilities through firearms training and education. Maj has been an outspoken critic of gun control and its racist history. He has spoken at CPAC and different libertarian events and has applauded grassroots protests against racism while criticizing Black Lives Matter Incorporated as a money laundering operation that fleeces the black community with the goal of aiding the Democratic Party. I hope you enjoy this interview and remember to subscribe to me on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also give it a like if you're watching on YouTube just to get the algorithm to recognize us. Thank you so much and here's Maj. All right, everyone, I got Maj Touré with me. Uh, I'm really excited for this interview. Um, and you're taking a break, break from Twitter, I hear. Um, do you want to just yeah. people and tell them, tell them what you're doing? I'm taking a break from, um, from social media and phones. Um, uh, you know, I have, I have too many of them. I check them usually every day around 6 o'clock, which is around this time. Um, I check them now because, uh, I, you know, no one gets like, I'm, I'm just going to be off of phones for a minute. Uh, I think that our phones, they're great tools. You know, you, you can use your, your smartphone for a lot of things, but, um, I think, I think we've given a lot of our energy and, and God principle, creative principle. We've given a lot of that to these phones over, you know, compromise that for these phones, um, I mean, how many, how many, how many phone numbers do you remember anymore? You know what I'm saying? And so it was like these too much, anything is a trap. And so uh, for me, I'm just off of social media for a while. You know, we have a, a black guns matter curriculum that we're trying to, we're finishing um, and just, just tapping into nature a bit, tapping into getting, hopping on that yoga mat, hopping in that library, physically reading things, physically creating you know, um, curriculums and books with our, with our mind and putting some pen to paper. Um, and I think everybody should do that every so often. And so that's really kind of like what I'm going to do, how long that'll be. I'm not sure. It might be a winter, whoever knows, you know, I might, you know, winter is coming. So I might just be John snow and just not, uh, you know, be behind the wall for a little bit. So sometimes it's good to do that. And I think in this, in this social media space where everybody's like, hype for views, hype for likes. And I, don't get me wrong. These are good things. I, I enjoy social media. I love the um, social interaction. Um, I have thick skin. So some of the dumb things that people say is I just find it funny because I kind of have a dark sense of humor. So it's not impacting me negatively that way. Um, I do think that a lot of people are. Um, these aren't Dave Chappelle said this in, a, you know, his most recent uh comedy stand up special where he said, you know, Twitter is not a real place, you know? And so, um, it's interesting. It's, it's a place where people can express themselves, but it's not, it's, 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 it speaks to an extreme version, good or bad of the reality of the person that's choosing to share what they want to share with you at that moment. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, and, and it's good for metrics and people to tell you exactly what they like and what they don't like. But again, 
Twitter ain't going to like make me finish a book on my last five years. Twitter isn't going to make me step back and create a curriculum for beginners that when you finish this curriculum as a beginner, it will take you from beginner solidly into intermediate, you know, um, firearms person, you know? Um, so it's just a good thing to step back for a minute and let, let people that want to, Y'all want all of that highlight and likes and all that other good stuff. You guys can have that, you know. Um, I think real, it's like, it's not called the real internet. Real estate is called real estate. Tangible brick, tangible things, skill sets that are very important. So that's all. It's, and again, it's no judgment to nobody else. I just know what I got to do for me and my, I'm not moved by anybody else's clock at all. So, but that's it. Yeah, well, let's let's get into what Black Lives or Black Guns Matter is doing and and what your goals are. Um, yep. I, I'm just wondering what motivated you to get into this, and I, I'm sure the media has not picked up a lot of like the success stories that have come out of it. Like, how do you view Black Guns Matter and and the success you've had, and how do you think it's been received? It's been received well by like real people. There's there's certain platforms that are afraid to highlight the success because they have a financial interest in um, black death. So, I mean, it's a good business model, you know, and, and that's just I'm saying that purely not from a moral standpoint. I'm saying that from a. I mean, death in general is a good business model. If I can kill you for a long time and, and like hit you with some Hegelian dialect where I can just like present a problem and then you suffer from the problem while I sell you the solution to the problem that I've created. It's a good business model. I just don't want to, you know, participate in that business model anymore. So um, I understand why it's intelligent of, you know, those outlets to not highlight the successes or even give me that platform. I get it. It's, it's not a good business decision. It'll be a better business decision in a year when, as we're seeing right now, you know, if we, if we want to use politics as a, a metric and the black vote has increased for the, the right of center percentage wise, every election from, you know, midterm election to four years to whatever, even this year down, you know, today or yesterday down in Virginia, you know, the, the sister that ran for lieutenant governor, you know, got that seat, got a big chunk, you know, of the black vote, a black woman happen to be happen to be a Republican. So say that to say um, that business model will change for them because the people are changing. The government is being so horrible right now that um, people are like, nah, man, this ain't even people that just was like blo vote blue, no matter who, even they are kind of like, nah, bro. So in a little bit, they'll catch up that that um, those outlets will catch up. When, you know, we do things like we doing in Philly in real life, we open in this solutionary center and we'll cut down on violent crime in Philly by 25 percent. And in doing that, then it becomes good business to talk about that. Then they'll talk about it. But in the meantime, they're not really real. Those again, those are just places where you talk about stuff. You talk about stuff after it's been done on those platforms generally creating a space where people can actually come learn to defend life and change mentalities that they don't want to take life. That happens in real life, in the real world. And the people that are playing internet right now don't necessarily do things like that. So the successes are people that have benefited from, yo, I know three people that I was telling to come to the class and they didn't, and two of them caught gun cases, and I don't. I don't have any gun charges. 
that's a success. Um, in 2016, when we did most of our classes in Philly before we started going on, you know, doing all these other cities, the violent crime in Philly was the lowest it had been since 1979. That was the success story. Now, as we've been traveling around the country, that's another reason why, you know, it's time to incubate in Philly a little bit. The violent crime rate has increased up to now 2020. We're definitely going to crack 500 homicides this year. So now if we concentrate for a whole year in Philly in 2022 and we get that number down to let's say we get it to under 400, that's a success story. And these things are trackable and scalable. So showing that it's trackable showing that it's scalable will be another success story. Those things come from real life scenarios. The applauding of it, if it happens or if it doesn't happen, meaning the applause, that happens on the platforms. And the platforms need to understand why it financially makes sense for them unless their platform is actually about liberty or actually about saving American lives or actually about preserving and conserving um, the value system of the Bill of Rights, which is human rights, just codified in the Bill of Rights. So it's received well by the people that actually are in real world. It's received well by people that are in alignment with liberty or the things that I mentioned. It's understood thoroughly by the people that act like they don't see our work. That's why they act like they don't see it, because it runs contrary to their overlords financial component. And it's a smart business move for them. If I was an evil overlord, I would not give me a platform either. My what we do and my ability to be charismatic and communicate and translate a message to people that look and think and are from the spaces like me. And I don't just mean that happen to be black. I mean, people that are about liberty, but might just need a little bit of nudging in that direction. If your entire financial base is those people and I can influence them. Absolutely don't give me a platform. I can fuck your entire business program up. So it's smart of them. And I respect it. You know, I respect their fear of me. I, I like when people are afraid of me and they should be. They should be very afraid of me and people like me. Yeah, you, you mentioned a little bit about uh, liberty and, and those principles that you have. I'm wondering, have you always carried these principles with you? Was there ever a point in your life where um, your appreciation for the second amendment, uh, came to you or have you always grown up with that? Um, I always had an appreciation for it, but I didn't understand it. Some of it was very selfish, you know, um, I want to have a gun selfishly so I could be the only person in the room with a gun, you know what I'm saying? Um, and maybe oftentimes not for the best reasons. Um, so selfishly I had an understanding of it, but I didn't associate it with collective liberty, individual liberty that spills into a collective of people. I didn't start understanding that more, you know, more intricately until I started connecting the dots of great freedom fighters from all different backgrounds. You can't talk about, you know, George Washington and not talk about uh, as a patriot and not talk about Frederick Douglass as a patriot. You can't talk about, you know, uh, Susan B. Anthony and then not or Betsy Ross and not talk about Ida B. Wells. It's dumb. It's like as patriots, it's dumb. It doesn't, you got to put those people in that same bracket of, of freedom and liberty. Um, and so, and connecting some of them dots about whatever type of tyranny this individual, whoever that individual is or was, showing how they were fighting against a form of uh, restriction and connecting those dots 
that's when you start to go, okay, each group of, you know, each one of these people in whatever groups they come from all needed to have the means to defend their value system. And when you, when I started connecting those dots, that's when it started going into the conversation of the second amendment and all of these things, um, they try to keep them compartmentalized because they don't want people working together. And when I say they, I mean, the small, you know, the word that's been thrown around lately is like a cabal, right? A small group of people. And when I say small, I mean, uh, relative to the general public, a small amount of people that want a lion's share of the wealth resources and control. Those, they, right, don't want us, the people, to collectively organize around a concept. And in, 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 in every avenue is being presented to um, keep that separate. And that's that's been happening since, insert whatever era that of any of the people that I named. So it's like, oh, all right, cool. So I'll tie into this Second Amendment thing because the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, when you read it, the way that they were written was, it's amazing. There was contradictions in how it was being equally applied, and it still isn't being equally applied to this day. However, as written, the shit is lit. So for me, it's like, okay, translate how all of those things are freedom. And that's when I started going into, okay, the Second Amendment is a viable conversation piece, because once you learn that it's not something that government grants or or takes away, you kind of get like, okay, all of these other uh, unconstitutional mandates, statutes, whatever, they are null and void. You know, the highest law of the land is your human right that is not granted by government and not taken away. When you start looking at it from that perspective and connecting all of those dots with all of those people, then you start getting some traction. And my ability to translate how all of these people as a I identify as a black man, right? That doesn't mean like anti-America. I live here. I've traveled to other places. And if I had to re-up on America, even with our contradictions, I'd re-up on America every year. I like fucking the abundance of Wi-Fi. I like Dunkin' Donuts coffee everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Um, But we have to admit that there's contradictions as well. So, and the ability to do that and translate that honestly and translate that in a manner where people, there's none of my white homies that feel like when I stand up for black issues that somehow that means I'm attacking them. You know what I'm saying? There's there's not, none, of, none of my black home, none of my uh, black homies that feel like, you know, when I'm saying, yo, I'm American as fuck, that that means I'm being racist towards them because the balance is there. And that's what's been lacking on each so-called side, you know? And so when that started happening and through reading and studying and, and approach and you know, shaping the approach to a, a way that the general public can understand it if they want to. That's when it started, you know, identifying as a Second Amendment activist, you know, not just an advocate. An advocate is just somebody that advocates, that just talks about it. An activist is actually active, you know, and actualizing the activity that they're also advocating about. So, um, again, act, action not advice, like advertising, advocate. No, not just, that's a part of it, but the overall thing is to be active. And so in in showcasing that and translating that in a manner that people can understand is when it started falling under the second amendment activist title. And I think that came over the last, maybe, you know, BGM is now five years old. So I started shaping that maybe about eight, 10 years ago when I was still outside doing whatever I was doing. 
So that's kind of how that came into fruition uh, from a selfish place to an uh, understanding and unifying place and an an overstanding of being able to translate specific issues in specific areas without making any other so-called group of Americans feel attacked. Yeah. So I have, I have a couple more questions left, but I'm going to try to combine them because I know you have to get going soon. Um, So you met, you mentioned last night with the Virginia election, a lot of people are saying that, you know, in that election, gun control was being repudiated. And at the same time in Minneapolis, they voted to not abolish the police department. Um, They're also saying that in Virginia, critical race theory is being repudiated. I'm wondering if you share that same assessment and, um, I feel like all of those ideas are very pertinent to what you're doing and, and what you think about those those results last night. Um, I think the results speak to especially more specifically Virginia. Right. Virginia still has dumb shit going on with their voting. Let's be clear about that. New Jersey, Governor Phil Murphy did not win last minute. They shut down a whole bunch of voting machine booths before the, the tally did the same thing they did with the the presidential election. Nobody's still being brave enough to openly say it for fear of censorship or whatever, but they did the same thing. They did the same thing in my race when I ran locally for city council. There's no way I came 14th out of 17 people. I campaigned better than everybody. But nonetheless, that showcases that um, right or left, your, your voting has been tampered with because we've let it be on autopilot for too long. I'm solution based. I think the right and the left have serious problems with messaging, with racism, with all the America. These these are part of our problems. It happened. It's like, you know, in a relationship, I'm somewhat toxic. I have certain toxic behaviors that I acquired over time that aren't the most productive. Now, that's a buzzword toxic. But if you're going to fix it, you got to acknowledge that that shit is a problem. We haven't even acknowledged that slavery in this nation was bad toward. We still pretend like, oh, slavery's done however many hundred years ago. Get over it. Right. But yet in the same breath, we say, never forget 9-11. Never forget my Jewish homies. will. You're never going to tell my Jewish homies like to forget their Holocaust. Yeah. Never. You know. So the contradiction is clear. We say we can't talk about reparations, even if we look at the corporations, not private citizens and taxing them, but corporations and their charters that still exist to this day that clearly benefited from the transatlantic slave trade. That has happened. And if there's no statute of limitations on murder and genocide, which it shouldn't be, then you need to look into that. But no, we can't talk about reparations. But now the Biden administration can fire up the money machines for unlawful enter, you know, folks entering into the nation to the tune of potentially half a million dollars. We are walking contradictions. And I say we, cause I'm a part of America, right? We are a walking contradiction. These elections just showcase that this shows the pendulum swinging right and left. The reason why you're seeing some, you know, historic situations with the Lieutenant governor down in Virginia is because the government, this administration, this time at during the positioning of the state is so bad and so wrong that even their own constituents are, it's a mass exodus, right? Just based on how bad it is, you know? And so you have a a sitting president 
that is babbling, that is incoherent, that goes into hiding, that, um, and we're supposed to believe that this person is the most popular president of all time. Um, this is someone that literally, a few last week, walks up to the Pope and says, literally, you're a great, fine African-American baseball player. That's literally what he says to the Pope and it, get, it gets caught on camera. It's so bad from this administration that the people, we don't, as a libertarian, this is a great time because it's time for me to go, hey, the Democrats are horrible, but the Republicans haven't done as much currently. Now it just so happens that they're a, they're a little more in alignment with liberty than the Democratic Party is. That's just the reality. But I think they are both wings on the same bird. I think that now there's time for, instead of creepy polarization and more of it, there needs to be more libertarians. There needs to be more independents. There needs to be more Green Party. We need options. We need more options. I identify with the libertarian philosophy because I think it's the closest to ANCAP without scaring people with the words anarchy. And liberty is something that we can all get behind. But some people don't want to participate in a political party. They want to remain independent. And that's fair, too. We need options. And this election is showing that that pendulum and maybe even incorrect, massive over so-called overcorrection is happening because this administration is so bad. And we're seeing that it's too many. You, you're telling people we cannot have a conversation, a conversation about reparations. You're telling and, and we all agree that slavery was bad. And I'm not one of those people that's like, yo, just text white people. No, you weren't fucking there. You didn't do it. Right. But those corporations and those charters did. Then you're telling people law, the same people that you said were heroes last year, medical professionals, you got to get this jab. They're really in direct violation of damn near all of the Bill of Rights. So this election showed that. And we we seeing um, we seeing that in a space that is actually going to be good. It's going to be painful for a little bit when you fill your gas tank up, especially people that got regular jobs. You fill your gas tank up, beef is up, bacon is up. You know what I'm saying? But this is a great opportunity. In Japanese, to, I've heard that the word for crisis and opportunity are like the same word. Everybody should be learning some urban farming if you live in an urban center. If you have a backyard, you should drill up a little plot of your land and maybe grow some sweet potatoes and some cabbage. Just a little bit of corn. Maybe something that we can get our hands back in the real world, you know what I mean? And we've been riding high on the hog in regards to um, our status as a nation because of just, just all high levels of just credit, high levels of buy now, pay later, and we don't know how to do anything. So this is a great crisis and a great opportunity for us to actually get back to what actually makes America a very solid nation, or I, I want to say America, I mean the people, the men and women that live here. Um, and that's what this election, and generally, this is what this is what I'm feeling um, is the theme of where we need to be going. Because to be perfectly honest, this shit we doing is polarized, us versus them, um, just the pendulum swinging back and forward, overcorrection, overcorrection, more overcorrection, more overcorrection. This shit ain't sustainable. It's not. You know, so we, you know, hopefully some people are looking for opportunities in the midst of it. 
Do you have time for one more question? I yeah. think it's okay. Yeah. I, I'm just wondering with, with you taking a break from Twitter and everything you just said about libertarians needing to kind of seize this moment and take advantage of everything that's going on. Um, there's been a lot of infighting on Twitter in the libertarian community. If you had like a message for libertarians just to focus on this moment, um, could you just share it with them? Stop being bitches. Like, we are dropping the ball. I'm not going to drop the ball. That's why I'm stepping back to make sure that I have something available to make all of the hood liberty minded. They didn't, the Libertarian National Party dropped the ball with me a lot, right? And that's not like, I don't give a shit. Like, I've made a million dollars. I'm cool, right? What I mean by that is, like, they dropped the ball with me. They dropped the ball with Larry Sharp. They dropped the ball with Eric July. Three of the most prominent minds in the Libertarian, and I want to say have relations to the urban community because that's what a Libertarian message needs to be. Now, that just sucks for them. Me and knowing that, I just got a building and we opening up a center. I'm going to make a base of Libertarians and independents. The problem where the Libertarian Party fell is I'm not going to just funnel them right to the Libertarian National Party. I'm not. Because they've shown that they're not ready to deal with strong. And I don't mean all of the Libertarians. I mean, a lot of leadership in the Libertarian National Party. And not even just me, because you could go, well, Maj speaks too abrasively. So we, okay, cool. Larry Short, you know, law enforcement background, military background, father, family was law enforcement. Dude is a genius. They haven't handled him right. So it ain't. Oh, oh, well, my, nah, it marched from the Northeast. So he just, no, cause Eric July is from Texas, you know, and that's a different Southern energy. My point in saying that is they can continue to drop the ball. If they want to, you will lose just like the Republicans. The Republicans have had, there should not even be a way to paint Republicans as racist. They're the party that actually assisted in emancipating or liberating or ending captivity in America. They're a party that had Frederick Douglass, like the first 13 senators, black senators were Republican. There should be no way to paint them as racist, but because they fell away and didn't want to deal with certain things in certain communities, they didn't have good messaging. Saying that to say the libertarians could go that same exact way. And the people like myself and the other guys that I mentioned, Eric July, Larry Sharp, you know, other, you know, libertarians, Olivia Rondeau, uh, 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 you know, just a, it's a bunch of folk. We'll be fine. The party will continue to flounder as the third largest party political party, but never gaining traction because I'm going to do all I can. But I'm again, if some people don't want to say libertarian, if they want to go independent, I'm going to show them to go independent while sharing them the libertarian philosophy. Why? Because libertarians on a, in that in that national party of some of that leadership take me out of the equation. They don't know how to deal with the guys, these genius dudes like Mike Heiss over at the Mises Caucus. They're fighting with them, some of the brightest minds. I would not have ran for city council if not for Mike Heiss. So. I can create a base without the national party. We can do work in urban America 
without the national party. We can get people signed up as libertarians and win local elections without the national party. They have to get it together. So my message to them would be stop acting like bitches. Stop because Maj told some nameless donor until he identified himself to eat a dick. Stop bitching. I, I told him to eat a dick because he was he was being an asshole. Stop. Stop with this like victim trying to emulate things on the left and all of that. Like, just stop, bro. The, the message is liberty. The message is individual choice. The hood going to resonate with it. But y'all don't know how to get the messaging right. And you're 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 damn near shooting all of the capable and competent messengers that can translate that um, to the demographic where we need it the most. But those people that I named, Larry Sharp will be fine. I promise you that Larry Sharp and Eric July will be absolutely fine. You know what I'm saying? Um, And they'll still say exactly what libertarianism is. But the only thing that we're doing, and I say we, you know, as the libertarians that do this, I'm a group myself with it because I'm a libertarian. The only thing that we tend to do sometimes in that regard with those great minds is we just alienate them, which in, in turn limits our ability to reach a, a, a get a wider base because that demographic listens to these people. Right. Or these groups of people or these individuals across the country that have that following. And we just we just we we, we repulse them. You know, and and, um, you know, if I would have did what I'm doing now, I needed maybe 50,000 votes to win that 40,000 is usually takes that seat in city council. Right. If I would have made 50,000 libertarians first in Philly, and that's what I'm going to do, I'm going to get 50,000 people to change their voting registration to libertarian. Just if you want to. Just by conversation. Outside of my nonprofit, just me putting content out and telling people why they should. If I would have did that first, I would have won that city council race. Now that I recognize that, it's like, okay, cool. Just make 50 to 100,000 libertarians in Philly. You know what I'm saying? And they don't have to be a part of the national party to do that. And that's the part that they have to understand or, you know, perish. It's just my people die for a lack of knowledge. You know, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And it's, it's that same thing. So that's what my my overall um, challenge and request at the same time would be to, you know, to the national party. Would you urge people away from joining the Republican Party? There is kind of this segment in the libertarian movement right now that says we should enter the Republican Party at the local level instead. Would you still say that the libertarian party at the local level is the best avenue? Um, I can't I can't say that because some some places libertarians ain't even on the ballot. So I understand why some people are doing that. You know what I mean? But you also got to look at, just like when I'm saying the black vote has increased in Republicans, I think across the nation yesterday, we had like 100 libertarian wins or more. That's not an accident. Just randomly, as I've been going libertarian, 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 libertarian. It's not an accident. So it's, it's very, um, it's custom. I wouldn't say, yeah, like a, as a blanket all across the nation. But no, I I'd also wouldn't say that if the fucking local libertarians aren't in, you know, doing outreach, engaging, trying to engage. I'm going to hold them to that same standard I hold the Republic. When, I, when I'm at CPAC and I say, hey, GOP, you're shit in the hood for these reasons. I'm going to say the same thing to the libertarians. I don't I don't got no picks. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. 
And so it's like, hey, libertarians, hey, people that are, you know, in these areas that are, everybody's done with Democrats. Like in the hood, they like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I'm saying? So I'm not telling nobody to go Republican if they not. Kimberly Klasik, who's a Republican friend of mine, is doing an excellent job of doing outreach and highlighting Republican candidates across the nation in these so-called unwinnable districts. The lady that won, Lieutenant Governor in Virginia, that was supposed to be unwinnable. So until we start putting that type of work in, Kimberly Klasik raised $8 million. If we're not doing that, I don't care what party you're a part of. If locally you don't see that type of traction or people willing to work with you, libertarian, Republican, to create that traction for your local community, don't join them. Stay right, stay, keep voting blue. Keep, keep doing, keep. It's so bad that it's almost that, that party's gonna destroy itself. But I wouldn't tell anybody to do anything. Go, go with the party that is ideologically and in reality, doing things to benefit your community. That's the definition of actual liberty. If that happens to come through independent and you still gonna come get to these libertarian ideologies and all of that other good stuff and we can fuse and get libertarianism going that way, cool. If that's the vehicle, I don't care about the car. Just get me to the venue. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how I view it. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I mean, it's, it's really like, I don't care about the Libertarian Party as long as it's serving liberty. I'm, I'm going to be in it. But right. if it can't, then I'll I'll jump ship and I'll join the Republican right. Party. I'll, I'll do whatever. No one has a monopoly on your political choices. I'm going with the person. Now, obviously, Libertarian candidates generally are like, yo, freedom, liberty. Nah, in the Fed, the state has got too much power. I don't hear many other candidates from from any party saying that same type of vibe. That's just the reality. But if I found a Democrat that was pro-gun, pro-liberty, pro-constitution, limited state in the Fed, and that's my only option in my city of I don't care if that one was a Democrat and the libertarian and the Republican was saying the opposite. I'm voting for that dude. If I choose to participate in representative government because i still i have my challenges and questions with that y'all all said y'all wanted that i didn't fucking say it i don't, don't want to be bound by you guys' decision so that's another part of it but and that's deeper but if it was like this dude that happens to be the guy fucking governor of west virginia he's a democrat technically and it's like nah he's pro-gun as hell so there's there's all of these weird it's not always as black and white as it, 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 it can be. And those nuances, those nuanced areas, I think we need to promote more of that. Why can't a Democrat be pro-gun? They should be. And if they are, bet, that's we going in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? And so that's, that's kind of like what I want people to open their mind to. Or even be the candidate that you like, yo, ain't nobody on this good nuanced and layered and contextual position be that candidate, get and join a party, go independent, go libertarian and, and get in the race. You know, my grandmother used to say, you get in the ring, even if you don't get a thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, man. I, I kept you a little later than I was supposed to. So thanks for sticking around. I appreciate you, my brother. Send me the links when it go on. And then when I get back online, I got you. Awesome. Thanks, man. Peace. Go, it's the full send, it's the get go, it's the get go, get go.